Hey everybody, welcome to Becoming Better, the podcast dedicated to helping you become a better human being. I'm the host of the show, Chris Bailey. This is episode number 58, Email Habits. What's up, Arden? Not much. Enjoying the office this week. Yeah. Yeah, you've got the office because I'm on uh, sabbatical. Can I use that word for the, for the month of August? Sure. Yeah. Whatever you want to use. Took a, took a little month off. I realized the other day. Well, we, we, we'll save this for the next episode of the show. Ooh. A proper vacation is the title that we have. Uh, we're going to talk all, all about, you know, what, what makes vacations good. But today we're talking about email habits. Something that's very easy to overthink. Yeah, like email. Mm-hmm. Or maybe that's the problem. We don't really think that much about email. We just kind of do email and never really take a step back to think about how we can make it a bit less stressful, how we can make it more manageable, how we can make it, dare I say, more fun. Yeah, just how to use it a little more effectively Yeah, without letting it take over your life. This, this, this is delicious, by the way. Bubble tea. The official drink of the Becoming Better podcast. Ooh, strongly disagree, but I hope you're enjoying your bubble tea. If we had a podcast drink, what would it be? Green tea. Oh, that's actually not bad, but with <laughs> boba in it. Sure. I mean, I don't like the boba, but I'm, I'm glad you enjoy it so much. It's a good day. It's a good day for bubble tea. New John Mayer uh, album is now on Dolby Atmos and Apple Music if you're into that. But email. Email. We, we rounded up a few of our favorite habits uh, that we're going to go through rapid fire on this episode. Uh, we, we've been experimenting with and exploring email for quite some time. And it's something that comes up quite a bit on the show. We had Cal Newport on episode number, with the magic of editing, I will now say it is episode number 48. And it's something that we definitely revisit a bunch, but we thought we'd round up all of our favorite habits, not necessarily hacks, but things that we've kind of uh, adopted that have become second nature over time, uh, that change how we've related to email, that simplify it, that streamline it. And like, like most of the advice on the, on the podcast, if not all of it, uh, take what works for you and leave the rest. We all have different constraints when it comes to email. Some of us, you know, maybe you're an admin assistant and you have to be ultra responsive to everything that comes your way and play the role of the traffic cop over the course of the day. Or maybe uh, maybe you have the freedom to take a sabbatical because you work for yourself. Whatever, wherever you fall in between on that spectrum, uh, we think you'll be able to find a couple of ideas that work for you. Yeah, for sure. So what's your favorite? Well, looking through the list here, I'm going to start off with sprints. And this isn't really a, a an email hack per se. It's more of a routine hack uh, with how we can relate a bit differently to email. And so we have this tendency with email where it kind of floods the gaps of our day like water, uh, where whenever we have a little break, whenever we are walking around after finishing a task or a meeting, we fire up email to, to stimulate our mind a little bit. And there's a lot of value that I've found in compartmentalizing 
doing email. And so sprints really fall into that. The same with message sprints for tax, for uh, all different kinds of things that you need to respond to. Uh, so an email sprint goes like this, or a message sprint if you have a, have a lot of Slack stuff or something like that. Uh, you set a timer for 10, for 15 minutes at the top of the hour or whenever you have a bit of time. And in that time, you blow through as much email as you possibly humanly can. And so th- this this speaks to something that I think needs to be recognized when it comes to email and our work in general. We have kind of the two types of work that we do. Uh, there's the focused work where, you know, think about a novelist in the woods hunkering down on a big project. Uh, where you get more done just by focusing on something. And then there's the collaborative work, uh, where you need to interact with other people and interruptions are often a necessary byproduct of doing work that's collaborative. Uh, And somewhere in the middle, between that focused work and that collaborative work, is where we fall. And it's difficult often to strike a balance between those two kinds, but sprints are a a wonderful strategy for doing so. You get the compartmentalization of the collaboration. This sounds like the worst rap song in history. (laughs) (laughs) But but you also get the focus time the rest of the hour uh, to work on whatever you want, things that are likely more important than email. Yeah, I think compartmentalizing is kind of the theme of the day, where Mm. I I think habits around email are really at at their core about compartmentalizing when and how you do email. Uh, boba. That is not a practical <laughs> podcast snack. Oh, man. I, I'm going to have to edit all those mouth sounds out, too. Because you're eating. <laughs> okay, I'll stop eating on the podcast. <laughs> Be professional, Christopher. I know you're on vacation, but get yeah. it together. It's tough to transit because this is like my... My two work tasks this month are recording this podcast, and uh, it's tough to transition out of vacation. I'm even wearing shorts. I never wear shorts during the day. All right. Well, go put your big boy pants on okay. and come back to work. I'll put my podcast outfit on. There you go. Yeah. Sprints, number one. Well, what do you got? Yeah, I think continuing on with the theme of compartmentalizing email and tack- the way you tackle email, the biggest thing I think I do with email, I'm not, I don't think I have as much structure around email as you do just because Mm. I honestly try not to think about email very often. And it's kind of like a need to do rather than a something I seek out very often. But the biggest thing that I found to be helpful in my work and my life, I guess, around email is separating the work and personal apps. This Mm. sounds like a really dumb thing, but I even used to completely separate personal stuff from and like my thesis from my consulting work on my computer I used to have two different desktops or two different user accounts yeah um, that ended up blowing up my space on my computer so I don't do that anymore <laughs> but I do still separate like the, my browser and the apps that I use for different work so that if I'm in Google Chrome or Google Gmail um, then I know that I'm working on work and it's just kind of easy to compartmentalize your work versus your personal tasks if they're separated in completely different places on your device. Would you have separate accounts still if if space wasn't an issue? Oh yeah, absolutely. I loved that. It was slightly less convenient because there's so much overlap between my thesis and my consulting work. It's all over intertwined. Oh yeah, everything in my life is just a big braided loop right now. It's a big mess. Feels like it right now. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) 
<laughs> but yeah, I would definitely keep everything separated. I think it just helps to have some kind of mental separation between work things or thesis things or personal things or whatever the splits are in your life. Having yeah. a little bit of separation, I think, is really helpful. And you introduce a bunch of new cues that you're about to work on something different. Yeah, that's a big thing for me too. Where I, I think some of my habits around email are just kind of, I will quit out of the app and then put my headphones on. And it's a very like, I have like five steps mm. involved with going from being connected to everything to going into like a hyper-focused kind of mode or working yeah. really deeply on something mm. and closing out of email and shutting down chats or turning off my phone are all part of that process. Yeah. And, and I think that kind of has some cross-pollination with the first strategy with uh, doing the email sprints is if you have that compartmentalized, not only in a different user account or in a different application, uh, so maybe you use Outlook for work and you use Apple Mail for personal stuff. It's it's a simple thing, but having those different contexts really does help. Uh, and it does work with sprints because the sprints gives you the confidence that you're going to answer what comes in. And that, that is, I, I think, is something that we're missing with email so much of the time is the confidence that whatever does come in will be dealt with. Uh, because if we don't have some system in place that gives us that confidence, we just find ourselves checking all day long. And, and so developing a few systems, whether they're, you say you don't do email systems, but that sounds like a pretty good system to me. Uh, it's simple, but I think that's why it would work so well. Yeah. I don't like to complicate things. Yeah. And on that, another big thing that I find to be helpful is not overthinking how you organize email. Yeah. Um, and this is something I've been doing forever where as soon as I've taken care of an email or it's dealt with, I just put everything in one folder. I used to go through mm. so much work of categorizing yeah. emails and making sure everything was in their respective folders. But nothing is that perfectly... Like, there's no dichotomy for most emails. It doesn't perfectly fall within one category. Yeah. Um, it's a mess. You can you can get really complicated with categories and folders and things like that, but at the basic uh, at the heart of it I think it's just easiest to keep it as simple as possible. And in my head that's taken care of or not taken care of. So if it's in my inbox, it means I haven't dealt with it yet. And folders might have worked well before we were able to search for any email yeah. in our inbox that could pop up at any moment. Uh, there's a study done by IBM years ago at this point uh, where they compared email users who stored emails in folders and uh, people who archive their email and search for them later. And again, this was before uh, the proliferation and advent, you could say, of, of search and email that Gmail pioneered that other people are coming along uh, with now. And on average, it took participants 66.07 seconds to search for an email, to search for an email, 66 seconds, and almost 73 seconds to find an email in the folder. And so you feel better organized because you have that kind of ritual of filing something off. But Having dealt with it should be all the uh, closure that you need. Speak, hey, another podcast theme. Hey, eh? closure that we recently <laughs> talked about. Uh, so, and this this is just retrieval time, by the way. So that didn't account for the time that people spent uh, putting their email into these folders in the first place. Which, if you get a couple hundred emails a week, or God forbid, a day, that, that's a lot of time. That that definitely adds up. 
Yeah, for sure. I keep it simple. Don't overcomplicate your filing system. And that that goes for the messages themselves too, right? Uh, you know, brevity is one of the the most uh, crucial things when it comes to email. I feel. Yeah, I, I think a good part, an important part of email habits is not just how you relate to the email you receive, but also the habits you have when you send an email. Making sure things are clear, not too long, and also just. Brevity is your friend when it comes to email. It might be more efficient to just pick up the phone and call somebody or have a quick call to just make sure you can cover something that's not going to take that long. I mean, scheduling meetings is one of those things that can drag on forever. I'm sure everybody has experience with this where trying to find a time to meet can turn into like, 50 different emails back oh, and forth. Especially if there's multiple people. Oh, yeah. it's just the worst. The worst. It's yeah. cringy. Everybody's experienced this, but it it's often just faster to call somebody and say, okay, what time are you free? The worst and is going wh- through it together. The worst is when you have an email with like five people and you send an email to those five people with a question, but nobody answers because there's no clarity in who you're asking it to. Yeah. So this is another thing that can be part of your email habit is making sure it's clear who's being expected to respond and yeah. what they're expected to respond to. Open-ended or unclear emails are just, they're bad form. And yes. I'm going to say now, don't do those things. Don't do those things. Nobody likes being on the receiving end of that. Don't be on the sender side. Nobody likes being on the receiving end of that. Don't be on the sender side. You're just repeating you're what just, I'm saying? You're just, no, I'm not. <laughs> I was reading the wrong line in in the script for the podcast here. Uh, what, one of my one of my favorite um, uh, fa- favorite ideas when it comes to brevity is the the five sentence rule, and this is a simple little little email ritual, but I find it works remarkably well. And at first, I, I felt a bit rude doing it because the rule is you keep every email you send to five sentences or less. And if you feel the need to write something longer, or you don't know how you can write something shorter, you just pick up the phone and call somebody, which really cuts back on email. It it turns email into something that is far more respectful of other people's time. And you might find that they begin to respect your time a bit more as well. Uh, At first, I felt rude doing this. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's I I went from a three-sentence rule to a five-sentence rule. Uh, experimented with a few different things. But then I started receiving emails from other people that had that same note in their email signature. And so people appreciate brevity. They appreciate directness when it comes to email. They also appreciate kindness, obviously, but everybody gets more email than they would like. I think your point about kindness is also kind of an important thing to just recognize when mm. you're sending an email. I, I read recently that people who receive emails are more in, more likely to receive or interpret what the sender thought was a neutral email as very negative. Oh. And people who thought the that they sent a positive email was actually interpreted as quite neutral. So, so we should be using more emojis in emails, what I mean, you're saying. I love emojis. Lots of smileys and excla- <laughs> exclamation marks. I mean, I love smileys and emojis and exclamation marks in emails, but I know it's a very unprofessional thing to do it. So I definitely scale that back. But I love when I receive that because I like knowing what a person's intention or tone was. And it's so hard to communicate that in email. And just remember that if you're on the the sending side of an email, people are going to interpret what you're sending as more negative than what you're intending. So I think it's important to just recognize that so you don't send something that makes you look like a jerk Hmm. or people would interpret as a jerk, even if you've meant it as totally neutral. I feel I overuse smileys in emails. 
Me too. I yeah. think in my in all of my personal emails, I think I have at least an exclamation mark or oh. a smiley face. So oh. in personal stuff, work stuff, I don't do that because you don't want to be that person. <laughs> my friend uh, David Sparks, uh, co-host of Mac Power Users, great, great podcast if you're a Mac Power user. Uh, he had a rule when he was writing books where he only allowed himself one exclamation point every 100,000 words. I don't Oof. think I don't think you could follow that rule. In my personal life, absolutely not. There's <laughs> no. no way. I think I said an exclamation mark in pretty much every text I send. That said, though, there's a difference between personal email and work email. Yeah. And knowing how people interpret emojis and exclamation marks is just a reality. And people don't always interpret those things as a, as a positive thing or a professional thing. So be mindful of your audience. I think that's yeah. obvious. Mind your audience. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess we, we probably don't need to tell that. But it, it, it's interesting... Um, it's interesting how far kindness can go in work. Yeah. And I feel that that could be a curious area where we could do a bit more research, maybe a future episode of the podcast. But I have found that kindness can get me further than being kind of neutral. I'm never kind of mean, I hope. Maybe, maybe some people beg, beg to differ. I hope not, though. But I find kindness is kind of an, a work accelerant in a lot of different ways where people enjoy working with you. Uh, they feel closer to you. Uh, you have more fun when you work because you treat work as something that is uh, some, something that allows you to connect with other people. It's, it's good when it comes to email too, especially with what you just mentioned where people interpret things as being more negative than they're, than they're intended. And there is always that gap, isn't there, uh, between how something is intended and how something is interpreted when it comes to communication. And it, it can be impossible to narrow that gap into something that, uh, you know, you can just kind of step over sometimes. And, th and that's why for longer things, you know, that rule of three is not just a, a simple or, or the five sentence rule, not just a simple productivity hack. It's also something that can actually allow you to deepen the relationships with the people uh, with whom you work. Because you're able to uh, communicate in, in a way that leads to fewer misunderstandings. But one final area of habits that I think is worth touching on before we wrap up this episode of the Bubble Tea Fueled Becoming Better podcast is the fact that we are on email too much. Email is not our work. If you make a list of everything that is essential with the work that you do, email is important. It allows you to communicate. It lets you move things along. But it's just a way of communicating. And just like any form of communication, we sometimes need a little break be it from that constant distraction, from that source of chronic stress that is email. And so defining some boundaries, that's the final area that we're going to cover. Yeah, and there are two kinds of boundaries here, right? Like a long-term boundary around like holidays or taking vacations, but also on a daily basis or or even on like an within your day basis mm. on, in terms of like how you disconnect when you're doing something more focused, right? Yeah. I mean, we talked about turning off email or disconnecting email or turning off notifications if that's all you can do um, when you want to do really focused work. Well, e email holidays are one of my favorite ways of doing that. I, I have a guy, uh, I, have a, I have a guy, I have a friend of mine, uh, Phil, 
uh, who uh, I worked with at Nokia, where he would do this all the time. He was in uh, the marketing department and he had these big projects to hunker down on. And what he would do is he would still be in the office. He could walk by his door and you'd, you'd see him in the office. Uh, but what he'd do is he'd put an, on an autoresponder uh, that said something along the lines of, I'm hunkering down on a big project today. Uh, that's due at the end of the week or or whatever. If you need me, call me or or stop by my office. That was when we were in the office, obviously. Uh, but a similar thing works wonders. And it, it, we often feel as though we need to be immediately uh, responsive to any requests that come our way so that we can uh, create the illusion that we're productive. There, there's um, that quote that there is no love there are only proofs of love by the by some french poet uh, productivity is the same way productivity is just just like love arden oh boy yeah i, I have a lot to learn about love sure. i, I want to know what love is so why you show me but apparently it's productivity love is productivity yeah exactly but i, I think productivity is kind of similar where Sometimes in a lot of organizations, there is no productivity. There are only proofs of productivity. And so when we step back from email, we might feel a bit less productive because we're less responsive to the demands of other people. But when we take that deliberate email holiday, we don't only carve some space around a, a moat around the project that we're working on, where we can work in a more distraction free way. Uh, we also create that illusion of, of responsiveness where we are available if something immediate comes in, but we won't necessarily be responsive. Yeah, another good time for that is during the evening, right? I mean, most people don't want to work 24 hours a day or what? shouldn't be working 24 hours a day. You probably have other things in your life that need attention to, like, like family or, huh. or personal hobbies. Or plants. Shocker. Yeah. Or plants, yeah. I mean, if that's what you're into, yeah, sure. I love plants. But all that to say, I mean, obviously... Work is not 24-7 for most people. Um, and it's important to make sure you carve out time, like having a disconnected evening or a disconnected morning or not having email on your phone. Oh, yes. Those are really easy ways to disconnect for certain periods of the day or in certain environments, I right? must say that this is news to me that you don't have to work 24-7. You don't work 24-7. <laughs> I don't work. I don't work for seven. I had to figure out what that meant. Yeah. I mean, you probably work. No, four, I probably work four seven. <laughs> Absolutely, maybe not this week not when this, you're on sabbatical. Yeah, which we'll talk about next week. Mm -hmm. But yeah, a bunch of uh, good email strategies for you all: email holidays, disconnected evenings, cutting email off of your phone. One of the best decisions that I've ever made. I, I do have one personal account on my phone, but I get probably two emails a week. And both of those are receipts from Instacart. Uh, email sprints, brevity. Uh, the best way, of course, to get better email is to send shorter emails and to send fewer emails. And to send clearer emails. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes creating artificial limits like the five sentence rule is a wonderful shortcut for getting there. And don't finish an email with thoughts? Question mark. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah. I know. Just an open-ended blank check of nothingness. But don't uh, overcomplicate email organization as well. Remember the IBM study. It takes you longer 
to retrieve an email from a folder. And that doesn't even account for the time that you spent filing stuff away in the first place. Again, take what works for you and leave the rest here. Uh, you know, separate work and personal apps. If you must have email on your phone, I highly recommend Outlook. Even if you're uh, in the Apple ecosystem or, or you have your uh, Gmail app or whatever you use, Outlook email, whether or not you use Microsoft email as the back end, it's the best email application on iOS, bar none. Uh, Apple Mail is very unreliable, I, I find, especially with multiple accounts, quite buggy as well. Uh, the Gmail app is good, but who knows what they're doing with your data. Uh, the Outlook the Outlook application is uh, fantastic, and I love it. Highly recommend it. Who knew? I do not use any of those. So. Really? Well, no email on the phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have it on your iPad? Yeah, I do, but I use yeah. the iPad for work. Oh. Yep. Nice. What do you use for email on the iPad? Gmail for work, uh, Apple Mail for everything else. Yeah. Cool. Try Outlook. Uh, I'd be curious what you think. I don't like to overthink email. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to hack this stuff too much. No. Got to focus on my core competencies. Email is not one of them. Yeah. That's fair enough. It shouldn't be. Exactly. Yeah. Email should be something that supports our work, not gets in the way of it. And hopefully you find that all these tactics have that in common. So finishing up, this has been a, a good packed episode. Maybe we need to fuel more episodes with some delicious bubble tea. Oh, boy. But finishing up, becomingbettershow.com is where you can subscribe to the podcast. Leave a review of the show. We just signed off a bunch of postcards and put those in the mail uh, to all over the world to the uk to india to the us to our home land of canada if you want us to send you one of those uh, just email me chris at a life of we'll shoot one your way thank you so much for listening we appreciate you being here we'll see you in a fortnight i'm going through my mental checklist of how i end every episode yeah hope you have a wonderful week we'll see you in a couple Tuesdays. Bye.